We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 512 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. It was on this day in 1969 that Ted Williams signed a five-year contract to manage the Washington Senators. Maybe the single best hitter in the history of the planet, the splendid splinter, legendary former Boston Red Sox outfielder Ted Williams becoming the manager of of Washington, D.C.'s baseball team. You know, we in these parts have a history of big-name acquisitions. How is our latest one, Eric Bieniemy, going to work out? Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. The Washington Post on Monday afternoon reported that yet another prospective buyer of the commanders toward the team's facility in Ashford, Virginia on Friday. That would make it at least three prospective buyers of the team who have toured the team facility per the post. Uh, nothing, and I mean nothing, uh, matters more regarding the commanders right now than the ownership situation. Is the team actually truly about to be sold? But yes, in the meantime, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, we on this show have a yin and a Yang regarding the commanders hiring Bianami as assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator. Next segment, the Yin. Uh, a special guest, commanders analyst Mark Bullock for part one of a two-part conversation on Eric Bianami. We on this episode of the podcast are going to go in-depth on how Eric Bianami can help the development of of Sam Howell, who of course is being positioned to be the team's QB1 for the 2023 season. Uh, Mark Bullock is tremendous at talking commanders from an X's and O's perspective. He has put together some really good film breakdowns on his substack, and so we're going to drill deep on what Eric Bieniemy could mean for Sam Howell, including the schematic things that can and should be done, given Bieniemy's five seasons as Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. And then we'll come the Yang, uh, former NFL running back LaShawn McCoy. He played for the Chiefs in the 2019 season. He has sounded off on Eric Bieniemy again. Uh, this happened on Monday afternoon. You will hear what LaShawn McCoy said, and I'll give you my thoughts on what he said. Is LaShawn McCoy just some wackadoo who we should be ignoring, or is he speaking a truth that we should be hearing? 
Uh, it's hard to say, but, you know, we with Washington do have a history of major offseason acquisitions being criticized, that criticism being dismissed, and then that criticism being proven correct. So it's okay to at least listen to what McCoy has to say. Uh, I like reading what you have to say. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I have received multiple tweets scolding me <laughs> for not talking DC Defenders on Monday show, episode 511. Tweet from Eric. There's another team in town. Can you do a short segment on these games? Lots of people in town are into this. Tweet from Jackson City Social Club. Galdi, no coverage of the defenders. Did you take in any of the game? It was a great performance, and the crowd was certainly behind the team. Good stuff. Uh, Thank you for the tweets. Uh, So, yeah, I actually like the XFL quite a bit. Uh, I got very into the D.C. defenders in their first incarnation in the XFL's 2020 season. But uh, (laughs) that incarnation of the XFL, what was the second incarnation of the XFL, ended up lasting for a little more than a month in terms of actual games due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then we had the big mess with the XFL's founder, Vince McMahon, uh, who shut down the relaunched XFL after less than one season, despite having talked about being so committed to the XFL. And then we had a nasty legal dispute between Vince and XFL commissioner and CEO Oliver Luck, uh, father of former Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck, Uh, So with this incarnation of the XFL, incarnation at number three, I'm trying to see if the thing sticks around for more than five minutes before getting invested in it. Incarnation number one happened in 2001, lasted for one season, was done. Incarnation number two happened in 2020, lasted for a little more than a month, then was done. We'll see what happens with incarnation number three. But I do love that the XFL has as one of its owners and has as essentially the face of the league, the great one, the people's champ, the Brahma Bull, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, The Rock is a very smart, very creative, very diligent, very successful person. Uh, An awesome success in pro wrestling, an awesome success as an actor, and awesome success as a businessman. We'll see how he does running a pro football league. Uh, I do think, though, that there is a place for a second major pro football league in this country. You're never going to challenge the NFL. We all get that. But I do think that there is a place for a second major pro football league in this country. Now, I don't know that there are places for two other major pro football leagues in this country. As you may know, the USFL is back. Uh, The relaunched USFL had its first season in 2022 and will have a 2023 season beginning on April 15th. But here's the thing. I do think that ultimately a second major pro football league would be best served by having an affiliation with the NFL. You know, the idea should not be to compete with the NFL. The idea should be to work with the NFL. What I think would be cool would be if each NFL team had an affiliate in the XFL. And so we as Commanders fans could truly get interested in an XFL team. Like, let's say that the DC Defenders were the XFL affiliate of the Commanders. And we, in watching the defenders, were watching commanders' prospects, including guys from the commanders' practice squad. I think that that would be interesting. I think that that would be compelling. And I think that NFL teams would be very well served to have developmental teams. Uh, email from B on the commanders' hiring of Eric B. 
uh, writes B, Andy Reid strikes again. He said that Eric Bieniemy was instrumental in the Super Bowl 57 win. What if Donovan McNabb and Alex Smith had as much to do with the most recent Super Bowl win for the Chiefs as Eric the Enemy did? Ha ha ha. I mean this as a gag and as completely impossible, right? Right, Goldie? This is crazy talk, right? There's no way, right? Also, the GD tomahawk chop (laughs) is one thing, but the real vulgarity is that darn chant. That is open mocking and textbook racism ripped from a 1940s Looney Tunes show. A bunch of white people (laughs) making fun of indigenous people is all I see, and everybody loves it. Sweet. Anyways, thanks, Goldie. I started a temp gig that has me up at 5 a.m., and you're always there. Only rub is I use up all my Goldie by like 6.30 a.m., so I was thinking that two days for training camp? Ha ha ha. Let me know. Uh, thank you for the email, B. Uh, we'll see about the two days. Uh, so yeah, I get it. The Andy Reid thing. The Andy Reid concern. Uh, Andy Reid, as Philadelphia Eagles head coach, swindled the Redskins in their trade for quarterback Donovan McNabb in April 2010. Andy Reid, as Kansas City Chiefs head coach, swindled the Skins in their trade for quarterback Alex Smith in March 2018. Is Washington in this hiring of Eric Bieniemy as assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator somehow getting swindled getting conned, getting played by Andy Reid a third time. Well, the difference would be that Washington this time isn't trading for the person. Washington traded for Donovan and Alex. Washington with Eric has simply hired him away from the Chiefs. This is contract with them is expiring, but there's no doubt our team's history with Andy Reid is not so good, Uh, including, by the way, in actual games. Andy Reid as an NFL head coach is 20 and 11 and regular season games against Washington, including some brutal losses. Uh, a 59-28 loss to the Eagles at FedEx Field on Monday Night Football in November 2010, the Monday Night Massacre. A 45-10 loss to the Chiefs at a snowy FedEx Field in December 2013 in the dying days of Mike Shanahan as Skins head coach. You could say that Andy Reid has been Washington's daddy. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? Yes, thank you, Arnold. Uh, As for Chiefs fans doing the tomahawk chop, uh, what they call the arrowhead chop, yeah, I've talked about this. It is a joke. And that the outrage over the arrowhead chop has been like one one hundredth of the outrage over the name Redskins is the best part. If someone believes that the name Redskins needed to be changed, fine. As I have said That is an issue on which reasonable people can disagree, but I can't get over the hypocrisy of so many, especially in my business, the media, of being so vocal about being against the name Redskins, but saying nothing about Chiefs fans doing the arrowhead chop, when to me, that chop is so much worse than the name Redskins or any custom that Skins fans ever had. I mean, prior to the start of Super Bowl 57, we on Fox, with hundreds of millions of people watching, saw one of the best players in Chiefs history, Pro Football Hall of Fame guard Will Shields, do the Tomahawk chop. Uh, He, in fact, was standing right next to our guy, former Skins quarterback and Super Bowl 22 MVP Doug Williams. But Will Shields, in front of hundreds of millions of people, did the Tomahawk chop. And it felt like nobody (laughs) said anything. 
And I just find that hypocrisy to be hysterical. Well, you can find great growth of your business or practice by advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, Podcast advertising is very affordable, much more so than radio and television advertising, and podcast advertising works. Email us, see what we can do for you. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday morning put out a thank you tweet for Eric Bieniemy of him having left the Chiefs after 10 seasons as an offensive assistant coach for them. Quote, 10 seasons of leadership, dedication, and greatness, plus two Lombardi trophies to show for it. Thank you and congratulations, EB. End quote. A very nice gesture by the Chiefs for whom Eric Bieniemy was running backs coach for the 2013 through 2017 seasons and then offensive coordinator for the 2018 through 2022 seasons. But he now is ours. Uh, but hey, let us get serious. Let us get technical. Let us conduct a proper deep dive on what Eric Bieniemy as the commander's new assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator can mean and should mean for the commander's offense from an X's and O standpoint, including what Eric can and should mean for Sam Howell, should he be the team's QB1 for the 2023 season. I'm very pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, commander's analyst Mark Bullock. Uh, Mark also is a Commanders fan, and he does excellent film breakdowns of the Commanders and of Commanders pertinent players and coaches. You could follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Bullock NFL. Uh, you could read Mark's work on his Substack, Bullock's Film Room, which you can find at markbullock.substack.com. And Mark on his Substack on Monday morning published a great piece headline, How Eric the Enemy Can Help the Development of Sam Howell. Uh, also on Mark's Substack is a piece on the kind of offense that Eric Bieniemy could run with the Commanders headline, what the Commanders offense will look like under Eric Bieniemy. And what we're going to do with Mark is a two-part 
conversation. A two-part extravaganza uh, on this episode of the podcast, part one, in which we focus on how Eric Bieniemy can help the development of Sam Howell. Hey, Mark, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Doing well. Very nice to have you back on. Before we drill deep on what Eric Bieniemy can do for Sam Howell, uh, you are a Commanders fan. What's your reaction to the team hiring Eric Bieniemy as assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator? Yeah, I think it's probably as about exciting as it could be from the kind of position they were in to to be able to land someone with the um, with the kind of credibility that Eric Bieniemy brings to the team. Um, given that you know it, it could well be in a year's time that the whole front office and coaching staff is completely fired um, with a new owner, so. To be able to land the enemy with, with that situation is is impressive, really, and um, I, I think it's it provides the highest upside, um, kind of regardless of of the questions of, of, of surrounding the enemy. I think it, it certainly provides the highest upside, um, and when you're going into a year where you have to, um, from Rivera's point of view, you have to win uh, to have any chance of keeping your job with a new owner. Um, being able to take that highest upside um, option and, and getting the enemy in there to run the offense, uh, um, I think is the right move. I'm with you. So Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell, of course, it's not a certainty that Sam will be the commander starting quarterback for the 2023 season, but it certainly feels like we're headed in that direction. What have you seen from Eric Bieniemy's work as Chiefs offensive coordinator that could be of particular aid to the development of Sam Howell? Yeah, so the two of the things that I think Sam Howell does best, or two of his strongest assets, are his his quick release and his mobility. And I think that provides a foundation that you can build an offense from. And and the enemy, as kind of a with the Chiefs, they they embraced um, innovation and sort of the mobility of Patrick Mahomes. They they didn't. They didn't take Patrick Mahomes and go, okay, we're just going to turn you into a classic dropback quarterback. And and obviously he can do that kind of stuff. He's very, very good at that. But just making him do that without using his ability to scramble around and run around kind of would restrict just how good he can be. And it puts a limit on it, puts a ceiling on him. Uh, and I don't think the enemy is going to do that with, with Howe. He's going to, he's going to let Howe um, run around and, and use that mobility and, and make use of that skill set. So um, he's not going to cap Howell and saying you have to just be a pocket passing quarterback. You can, we can use you in the in the run game. We can use the the read option. We can we can use the RPOs to get the quick game stuff. We can we can just run a lot of quick game passes. We can spread the defense out and, and generate matchups and and that kind of stuff. They did all the time with the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs were a heavy RPO offense. They did a lot of quick game stuff, um, and it was all about creating matchups and, and understanding kind of as I said earlier how how defenses were structured and how to attack those structures and break those rules and if you can do that you can you can move the ball and create explosive plays without having to you know have the quarterback progress through one two three four reads and and, and eventually find someone they, they they more often than not Patrick Mahomes is throwing to his first or second read because it was just schemed up so well so um I, I think with, with Hal, if you can you can embrace that mobility and you can you can use his ability to get the ball out quickly, his quick release. I, I think um, those are two things that the Chiefs did really well with Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's something that the enemy should be able to bring to Washington with with Hal. 
You mentioned the RPOs. Uh, Sam Howell, over his three seasons at North Carolina, ran a lot of RPOs. Uh, that was actually one of the knocks on Sam coming out of college, that he quarterbacked an offense that was RPO heavy, and you can't run RPOs too much in the NFL. And yet, as you just said, the Chiefs with quarterback Patrick Mahomes have been running a lot of RPOs and having great success. We this past season saw the Philadelphia Eagles with quarterback Jalen Hurts run a lot of RPOs and have great success. Is there any reason that an NFL team can't be RPO heavy. You know, for years, there has been this like NFL arrogance that says that an NFL quarterback has to play a certain way and that when a quarterback comes to the NFL, he has to be like NFLized. And I think that one of the fascinating things about the NFL over the last decade or so is the ample evidence that you can do NFL offense like college football teams do offense and have great success. But where are you on this issue, especially with RPOs? Yeah, I absolutely agree that there's no reason you can't lean into the RPOs. And, and, um, you know, eventually at some point you want to be able to have a quarterback that you can trust dropping back in the the pocket and, and, and doing a traditional passing game. But as I mentioned with Patrick Mahomes, if you turn him into that, that would, that would limit what he can do. Um, because, more and more of these guys are coming out of college with the ability to run around and create off script and, and that creates hugely explosive plays. So um, I wouldn't want to put a cap on that kind of ability. Uh, I would embrace that. And and I, I think with the RPOs, it's, it's a really good way of kind of making things simple for the quarterback. It, it, it kind of, it gives them the protection of if their one read isn't there, they can just hand the ball off and, and it, it's safe. They, they don't, they're not like, sat in the pocket going, okay, my first read's not there. Where do I have to go now? I have to move my feet and work to the backside to find another read. And, and okay, if there's no one there, I have to scramble, that kind of thing. It just gives it a very easy, okay, my first read's there, I'll throw it. If it's not, I just hand it off and it's safe. Um, and I think what what the enemy and the Chiefs did really well was they built an RPO game that it wasn't just a quick slant or uh, a a speed out on the back of a, a run concept. They they were incorporating um, two man passing concepts into uh, the run game. So they would call a, a run play, but they would have a stick concept, or they'd have what's known as a dragon concept in the West Coast offense, which is a, a slant flat. Um, they would do. They would build out a load of their quick game concepts into RPOs, um, and that way it would get the quarterback used to. Okay, this is where this guy's going, and that's what it kind of looks like and and I can make that read and, and if I don't feel comfortable with it again I can just hand it off and, and it will live to fight another play so um, I, I think that would be a, a wise foundation for, for enemy to kind of start with with how. Makes a lot of sense. We're talking with Commanders Analyst Mark Bullock about how Eric Bieniemy can help the development of Sam Howell. Uh, RPO, of course, stands for Run Pass Option with the idea that the quarterback takes the snap and then either hands the ball off or keeps the ball and throws a pass. Do you know if there are RPOs on which there are third options, uh, those being the quarterback keeping the ball in order to run uh, almost like a read option within the RPO? I, th- I I think it's I don't think it's necessarily built into the play. I, I think it's kind of like a backup option. Like if you think about like a, a bootleg play where you fake that outside zone and the quarterback rolls out and he has normally a deep throw and a player in the flat and he can throw to. If the defense covers all of that, obviously he's already rolling out, so he can just keep the ball and run himself as kind of like a backup option. And that I imagine is kind of how 
most RPOs would work, especially with someone like Hal. If you give that, if you don't give the handoff and you pull it and you think, okay, I've got my my option, and then suddenly you get a flash of a defender, I, I would think that it would be t- totally fine for him to be okay. Well, I need to scramble now and, and run and use my mobility, um, and, and maybe they they can build that into the offense where you can have a, a third option of running the ball. Um, uh, I haven't seen a, a specific RBO call like kind of drawn up where it's you know you hand the ball off or you pass it or you run it. It is it, kind of I think just as a backup option that, that it can always be there. I'm going to be careful with uh, how I ask this next question, but we in the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and the Eagles and Jalen Hurts see glaring examples of teams embracing what their quarterbacks are and going all in on what those quarterbacks are, and consequently having extreme success. Sam Howell, strong arm, major run threat, smart guy. I'm not saying that Sam Howell is Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, but do you see in Sam someone who is worthy of the commanders tailoring their offense to match his skill set? I definitely see a promising skill set there, and I think that Jalen Hurts kind of comparison is for me, quite accurate. I, I, the, the way a few years ago that the Eagles were kind of going into the season thinking, well, we don't know if he's the guy, but we we want to save our kind of draft capital. We'll kind of build the roster around him. And then if he's not the guy, we'll give him a year to prove he can be. And if he's not, then then we'll we'll have the draft capital go find who, whoever we think is the guy. Um, but they built the offense around him, and, and they kind of stumbled into that a little bit, um, sort of midway through, what was it, the 2021 season when he was a starter? They, they, they kind of stumbled into, okay, actually, we can, we can use him in the run game, and, and we can incorporate him in with read option, and, and then we can build out of that into the RPO game, and, and that can build into the, the quick passing game, and we can use the play action stuff. And actually, they, they insulated that offense around him so much that they, they'd run the ball 20, 25 times. They, they, use play action sort of 15, 20 times. They'd use RPOs 10, 15 times. And by the by the time you, you kind of count all that up, there's only 60, 65 plays in the game more often than not. So when you when you have all of those things taken up most of the plays, it's it's kind of five to ten times he was actually being asked to drop back and pass like a, a normal drop back quarterback or a traditional drop back quarterback. And I think that's the kind of same kind of game plan that you'd be looking for with Sam Howell. And and that will slowly allow him to develop and while still being productive. And then you can start to expand the amount of times that he drops back as a traditional drop back quarterback and, and sort of develop in that way. I think he definitely has kind of a skill set that to me is quite similar to what Jalen Hurts can do. Um, certainly he's very mobile. Um, he can be involved in the run game. He's got a good quick release. Um, he's, he's relatively accurate. He's got a very nice deep ball. Um, and and that aligns a lot with what Jalen Hurts can do. Um, so I, I, that, that's not saying in a year's time they're going to be in the Super Bowl and, and how it's going to be Jalen Hurts 2.0, but it's it's a development path they certainly could follow. Yeah, I would like to see the commanders do that. While we're talking about quarterback skill sets, especially those that include mobility, and I guess that what I'm about to ask at this point doesn't really matter, but I am curious about this. Do you have any idea why the mobility of Taylor Heineke was not utilized more during his time as Washington's starting quarterback? 
the last two seasons, why we didn't see more read option runs from Taylor, why we didn't see more moving pockets with Taylor. I mean, he is a significant run threat, and yet it seemed like that was hidden more than that was exploited. I, I, I don't really know. It certainly felt like there were times where he could have been used that way a little bit more, but I also think there it, it appeared anyway. I don't know what the play calls were, but it certainly appeared like they would run a read option look where the defensive end was unblocked and the defensive end was crashing inside on the run, and it just looked like Heineke refused to kind of pull the ball and run himself. And, and that might have just been, it was designed to look like a read option play, but never was actually called as one. And so he didn't have the option to pull it and run. But it did kind of feel like there was quite a few occasions where he should have been pulling the ball and running himself, and he just didn't. And I don't know whether he was, I don't know, reluctant to run himself and, and worried about hurting himself, or, or whether he, um, you know, he, he's not very good at the read option where he, he doesn't read the defensive end very well. I, I, I don't know what, what that is. Uh, but to me, it felt like it felt like there was stuff called, uh, and he just wasn't taking advantage of it. Um, I, I could be wrong on that, but that's certainly what it looked like on film. It looked like there was plenty of opportunities for him to run. He just chose not to. Okay, interesting. Commander's analyst Mark Bullock, read his work on his Substack, Bullock's Film Room, which you can find at markbullock.substack.com. Mark, thanks a lot for this uh, part one of our conversation, and we look forward to part two, in which we'll dig deep on the game planning and play designing acumen of Eric Bieniemy. Of course, thanks for having me. All right, good stuff from Commanders analyst Mark Bullock on the Commanders' new assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, And now for an opposing view of Eric Bieniemy, uh, former NFL running back LaShawn Shady McCoy. Uh, he has been an outspoken critic of Eric Bieniemy. McCoy played for the Kansas City Chiefs for just one season, the 2019 season, which was Bieniemy's second season as Chiefs offensive coordinator. Uh, McCoy in the 2019 regular season played in 13 games for the Chiefs and actually was pretty productive. 101 carries, 4.6 yards per carry, four rushing touchdowns, also had a receiving touchdown. But McCoy also had three fumbles, including two lost fumbles, and he got benched as the season went on. It's hard to know exactly how to take LaShawn McCoy's criticism of Eric Bieniemy. On the one hand, it may well be that McCoy is a disgruntled former employee. On the other hand, McCoy's criticism may help to explain why Eric Bieniemy has been denied an NFL head coaching job and why, think about this, the commanders are the only team that interviewed Bieniemy for an offensive coordinator job this offseason. Uh, there have been a lot of offensive coordinator jobs open in the NFL over the last few weeks. Eric Bieniemy only ended up interviewing for the commander's offensive coordinator job. Now, maybe the commanders did a great job of pursuing Bieniemy, and it was known around the league that he was going to jump from the Chiefs to the commanders, and so other teams didn't want to waste their time interviewing Bieniemy. But the Baltimore Ravens, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Arizona Cardinals, all have been filling offensive coordinator vacancies over the last week or so. In other words, since the Chiefs won Super Bowl 57. And yet the Ravens, the Bucs, the Cardinals, all did not interview Eric Bieniemy. Uh, LaShawn McCoy on Monday afternoon was on the FS1 show Speak 
And LaShawn McCoy did speak. Uh, here he was on Eric Bieniemy. What's his value? What makes him a good officer coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching, and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you with Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about um, Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film of practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. Mm. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Then you, then you go to the, the Washington, where you got to call plays. You got to run the meetings. You got to run the installs. The last issue I have with him is, what makes Andy Reid so great, not the call, the, the play calls, which we see that, which, I mean, that's one of it. But the other thing is, like, adapting to the players. Well, being in me, he's my first practice. I couldn't believe it. He dog coaching. He dog cussing the players. I'm like, and not just the regular players, Kelsey, you know, you know, other players. So it's like, it's hard for me. I'm rooting for him because he's a black coach, and I love to see black coaches win. Also, he's a running back coach. Running back coaches don't never get a chance to be True. office coordinators. The yep. last one was, like, Anthony Lynn. So I want that to, 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 to do well for him. But if I got to do my job, to be honest, my thing is just where is the true value at? Is it then, is it have anything to do with him being black in your opinion? Obviously, uh, you ain't Roger Goodell. You don't know. No. You know what? Absolutely not. But people want to win. The color thing, I, I get it. It, we, it should be more black cultures. I definitely believe that. But if you come up for the Chiefs, they want to win. It has nothing to do with the, with the color barrier at all. Okay, so a lot there from LaShawn McCoy on Eric Bieniemy. A lot there from old Shady McCoy. You know, McCoy saying that Bieniemy quote has nothing to do with the pass game at all and quote directly contrasts a lot of what we have heard about Bieniemy's role as offensive coordinator with the Chiefs. I have a very hard time believing that Bieniemy had nothing to do with the Chiefs' pass game at all. I mean, this guy was the Chiefs' offensive coordinator for five seasons. He had nothing to do with the passing game at all, really, especially considering that the Chiefs' offense with quarterback Patrick Mahomes has been notorious for being a pass-happy offense. But is the general sentiment from LaShawn McCoy correct? that there are things about Eric Bieniemy that uh, make him not all that. Uh, as I have said, I am excited by the commanders hiring Eric Bieniemy, but I'm also going into this with eyes wide open. I do have questions about why he hasn't gotten an NFL head coaching job. He has interviewed for 16 NFL head coaching jobs with 15 teams. He's not gotten a single one of those jobs. Oh, for 16. What is that about? Uh, I, on Monday's show, episode 511 made mention of something that has not gotten talked about nearly enough. The Chicago Bears in January 2022 hired Ryan Poles as their general manager. Ryan Poles had spent the previous 13 seasons working for the Chiefs, 2009 through 2021. And yet Poles in January 2022 hired Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus as Bears head coach. Poles, in fact, never even interviewed the enemy. And Poles is black. So, you know, you would think that Poles not even interviewing the enemy uh, was not a race thing. What was that about? 
Uh, Now, speaking of the Bears, there's also this. NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB this past Friday evening, uh, right as the news of the commanders having agreed with Eric Bieniemy on a deal was breaking, tweeted the following, quote, losing Eric Bieniemy is a blow for the Chiefs, but the plan all along in this case, as we've mentioned, has been for Matt Nagy to step back into the OC job he filled for KC in 16 and 17. Nagy's got a real shot whenever the time comes to be Andy Reid's successor with the Chiefs, end quote. So Matt Nagy was the Chiefs offensive coordinator for the 2016 and 2017 seasons. He then had very mixed results as Bears head coach over four seasons, 2018 through 2021. The Chiefs in February 2022 hired Nagy back as senior assistant and quarterbacks coach. Uh, And yet now he may well be Andy Reid's successor as Chiefs head coach. Why wasn't Eric Bieniemy thought to be Andy Reid's successor as Chiefs head coach? What is that about? I am pumped about the commanders getting Eric Bieniemy. And I think that him as the team's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator could work out very well. I do think that. But I also have questions, man, and I don't know how you don't. You can be both excited about Eric Bieniemy, but also have questions about Eric Bieniemy, and that's where I'm at. You know, there is a history of Washington making a big offseason acquisition, there being dissenting opinions of that acquisition, maybe even a lone wolf criticism of the acquisition, and then those opinions being proven correct. Uh, The Redskins' infamous signing of unrestricted free agent interior defensive lineman Albert Hainsworth in February 2009. Believe it or not, a lot of people were excited by that signing when it happened. Well, Jason Brown was a center for the St. Louis Rams at the time. He had August 2009 on St. Louis's 101 ESPN said, quote, I'm so glad we're playing Washington early in the year because it's going to be hot out there. And I'm not sure if you have watched film before, but when he gets fatigued, he taps out. Either he just falls down to the ground and you're like, oh my gosh, is he hurt? Is something wrong with him? No, he's just giving the guy on the sidelines enough time to mosey on out there so he can get up, go to the sidelines, catch a breather, get something to drink, and then he comes right back out. And then people are like, oh, I thought he was hurt. No, he got tired, end quote. And I remember those comments very clearly. People dismissed Jason Brown's comments at the time. Uh, Oh, (laughs) how right he ended up being. Uh, The 2012 offseason in which the Skins traded up in the 2012 NFL Draft, from number six to number two to take, of course, quarterback Robert Griffin III. Bob McGinn of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel at the time uh, spoke with multiple anonymous scouts about RG3. Said one scout, quote, everybody is just assuming because of the Heisman and the Sox and all that BS, they are ignoring a lot of bad tape that he's had. I don't think he has vision or pocket feel, which to me are the two most important components of quarterbacking. He's just running around, winging it. He's Vic, but not as good a thrower, end quote. Said another scout of RG3, quote, he has better arm action and is more accurate with his deep ball, but he's not as good as Cam Newton, 
as much as is written about his athleticism, his athleticism under duress in the pocket isn't even close to Cam Newton's. This guy, the only way he gets big plays with his feet is if he's got a wide open field and the sea opens for him. He's got a little bit of a selfish streak too. Everybody was laying on Cam, but for some reason, this guy has become gloves off. He doesn't treat anybody good, end quote. Uh, Another scout, quote, questioned the way Griffin deals with people, end quote. How about all of that? I mean, looking back on all of that, how about all of that? And at the time, we didn't want to hear those things. People dismissed those things. And yet, of course, those things ended up ringing rather true. Now, I'm not saying that Eric Bieniemy is Albert Hainsworth or RG3, okay? What I am saying is there is a history of us ignoring warning signs regarding major Washington offseason acquisitions. And so as tempting as it is to dismiss what LaShawn McCoy says about Eric Bieniemy as the words of a disgruntled former employee, I do wonder if we might look back upon old Shady McCoy's comments the way that we look back upon Jason Brown's comments about Albert Hainsworth and the anonymous scouts comments about RG3 and say, boy, you know what? There was more truth than we realized. There was more truth than we wanted to believe. We'll see. In the meantime, I am excited about Eric Bieniemy, but I'm also not completely dismissive of the idea that there's more here than we know. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 513, will include a lot for you on the Commanders. Uh, also, on Wednesday show, we'll talk Capitals. The Caps are home to the Detroit Red Wings Tuesday night at 7. By the way, winger Alex Ovechkin appears to be headed home. Uh, he has been in Russia with his family off the death of his father, Mikhail Ovechkin, but the Russian news agency TASS on Monday reported that Ovi would be flying back to the Washington, D.C. area on Tuesday. Ovechkin has missed the Caps' last three games, all of them losses. The Caps have lost four consecutive games, all in regulation. And I, on Wednesday's show, will talk Virginia Tech basketball. The Hokies are home to number 13 Miami, Tuesday night at 7. By the way, the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll came out on Monday. Virginia up one spot to number 6. Maryland is among others receiving votes. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Who is your daddy, and what does he do?